and verse 20. Ephesians 3.20. In this series on Born to Give, we're looking at the fact that when you realize that God has put gifts in your life, that even when you were being formed in your mother's womb, God designed your soul around certain specific gifts. And even as you grew and didn't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there was that sense in you um, of, of God's gift in your life, though you didn't understand it. When you got saved, the Lord began to activate that gift, sent the Holy Spirit into your life so that you could understand what He had called you to be and who you really were. So as you understand that gifts from God are planted in you and you seek Him for their development, you begin to realize the real you, the person that God designed you to be. And uh, when you do, life will make room for you because Proverbs 18, 16 says, a person's gift will make room for them. So you'll begin to find your place in this world as you begin to discover in Christ who you are according to the gift that he's put into your life. That's why Jesus said it's more blessed to be a giver than it is to be a receiver. Because when you are being a giver, the, specifically the giver of the gift of the things that God has put in your life to give, that is the relationship that he is having with you. He's dealing with you constantly concerning who you are in him according to your gifting. Now, I had you turn to Ephesians 3.20, and the reason is, is that there's no verse that I know of in the Bible that more perfectly explains how God's gifts operate in us than Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we think or ask according to the power at work in us. There are three pieces of this verse that I want you to pay attention to. Now unto him who is able to do. So God is talking about his potential in our life. So I want you to think about that word able or potential. Now unto God who is able to do far more than you can imagine, more than you could think, more than you could ask of him, but it is according to, number two, the power so I want you to think about the power of God that he has put in your life, the power to fulfill that potential. And the scripture says that that power that works to bring forth God's potential in your life will work according to his power working in you and I. And um, so God's ability in us is potential. Secondly, the gift of God that he's put in your life is where the power of God rests, where the power of God comes from. And the scripture says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you think or ask according to his power at work in us. That word work is a Greek word. It's energeio. Energio is probably how they actually pronounced it. And energio is energy. It's, we get the word energy from it. And so basically, energio, if you look up that Greek word, it refers to God's potential and power, his gift of power in your life, 
waiting to be energized when you put it to work. That's really what Ephesians is saying, is that the gift of God is sitting in your life at rest with all of the potential of God's power, everything that you will ever need to be, all that God will ever call you to do, and then more besides, is actually already imparted to you and in you. But it's waiting for you to put it to work or you to energize it. So what God's talking about in this verse is he's talking about his energy working in you and I. We use the term anointing. We talk about the Holy Spirit. But today I want you to think about energy. We're an energy-conscious society. And if you look up the word energy, energy simply means in physics or in physical terms, the capacity to do work. How many of you woke up this morning and said, I barely have the energy to get out of bed? Or how many of you leaped out of bed because there was, I, I could imagine, Helen leapt out of bed? And uh, there's lots to do. So energy is the ability or the capacity to do work. And so what God is saying is, you have no idea what capacity to do work I have put in you. It's at rest in you. My power is in you. And when Paul used the word power, it's according to the power that is energized within you. He used the Greek word dynamis, and that means uh, dynamic, or we get the word dynamite from it. So God has both authority, and he also has power. He has ability. So the Lord is saying, I've put power in you. And you may not feel that power. You may not see it operating in your life. But Ephesians 3.20 gives the simple formula of how to activate the potential of God in the gifts that he has put into your life. Now, let me talk for a few minutes about energy. Don't mean to go into a physics lesson here, um, as though I were qualified to do that. But the point is, the one thing I do know about energy is that all energy requires motion. And um, for example, a bow. How many of you know what a bow, bow and arrow? Think of a bow. Just picture a bow at rest. The bow at rest has what we would call potential energy. But if you take with the force of your hand and stretch the bow and then release it, it has gone from potential energy to kinetic energy. So all energy requires motion. In fact, energy occurs when two forces combine together in motion. They create energy. And you can apply that to all of the laws of physics that we see in the universe around us. And we see those laws working today in our, in our appliances that we plug into a wall and the devices we put batteries in, and um, when we get on a bicycle and, and ride, we apply our, our potential energy as we begin to put motion through our legs to those pedals, and energy, kinetic energy, is developed. So kinetic energy requires the combining of two or more forces, the bow and the hand that pulls it back. So what's this have to do with the gift of God in your life? The gift of God in your life is that bow. God has said, I have given you a bow 
that will cause my word in your life to hit every single target on bullseye and then some for the rest of your life. There is enough potential energy in you to do everything I've called you to do and then some stuff that's left over that other people haven't done and you can pick up the slack. So God has given us all that is needed. Can you say amen if you agree with that? Notice that the phrase was used according to the power or the dynamis or the dynamite or the, the, the explosive potential energy that is actually working in you. So when I think about the power of God working in my life, I can hear Paul saying to Timothy, stir up the gift that is in you. Because the power of God is sitting in that gift. And so many Christians are sitting at rest, static, waiting for God to pull the bow back, waiting for God to send the anointing. The anointing has already been imparted to us. The power of God, the anointing of God, the potential of God's gifts are residing within us, waiting for us to put our hand to the bow, waiting for us to energize them, if you will. Now, God has put two things in you that enable you to work with him. If God didn't put these two things in your life, you couldn't work with God. Though he loves you, and though you might, in response, love him back, these two things are in your life, and they are necessary for you to actually interact or that enable you to interact with God and God to work with you, and they are the Spirit and the Word of God. So, God's Word and God's Spirit have been put in your life to enable you to look through the Holy Spirit and see His vision, and through the Word of God to see His vision, and by the Holy Spirit to activate that vision with courageous faith. So God has given to you and I the ability to have vision through the Holy Spirit and through the Word, and to act with courageous faith to activate that vision. How many of you remember the story in Acts chapter 3 when Peter is praising and worshiping God going up to the temple with the other believers in the early days and he sees a lame man sitting at the doorway of the temple. And as he sees the lame man looking for, begging for some alms, looking for a handout, the Bible says Peter looks at him and he fastens his eyes upon him. The man gets Peter's attention. Now Peter's looking at him and he's realizing, oh man, I left my change at home. I don't have any money. But he's looking at him. He knows the man is looking for something. And out of Peter's mouth, Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But such as I do have, I give, listen to that, I give to you and then he reaches down, as he says, I give, he takes the man by the hand and says, such as I have, give I unto you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And the Bible says the man leaped up and went dancing into the temple, praising God with Peter and with the other guys that were with him. Awesome. Isn't that tremendous? And so... What you see happening here is you see the Holy Spirit, the Word of God that God has put as a gift in Peter's life. 
through the Word of God. He's, and when I say Word of God, I'm thinking specifically of the words that Jesus has said. Now, he's got ringing in his ears, John chapter 14, verse 16, where, or verse 12, where Jesus said, the works that I do, you'll do, and greater because I go to the Father. He has ringing in his ears, Jesus saying, I want you to go from town to town to every house, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely receive, freely give. So <clears throat> the word of God is being stirred in him, and the Holy Spirit is working with Peter, now listen to this, Peter's desire. Peter's looking at that guy. He wants to give him something. Now let me tell you, he would have walked right past that man. In fact, I believe that because the people recognized the man, and the Bible says that they had seen him begging, that Peter must have passed that guy Dozens of times, that's certainly not unreasonable. I'm sure the man was known to Peter. And so Peter had passed him many times. But this time, the gift of God is in Peter, and he looks at the man, something's different. The, I'll tell you what's different is Peter, in his own will, wanted to give him something. See, the power and the gift of God is lying at rest, that bow, until you have enough desire, enough passion within yourself that you want to pick that bow up, take the arrows of God's word, and hit that target. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes, but the first thing I want you to get and understand is what we're talking about is God sowing his gifts into your life and then saying, now, what are you going to do with these? What do you want to do with these? The reason we have churches and thousands and perhaps millions of Christians that are sitting, singing, talking, reading, and believing uh, that uh, God is all-powerful, and yet only a handful that are actually walking in and demonstrating that power, or a handful that could say, in spite of all the prayers that we're praying and asking God to manifest himself powerfully, it's really just a little dribble that we're seeing coming out of heaven in the form of answers when we pray. I don't know, I, I couldn't begin to analyze it, but my guess is that some kind of statistical analysis of how many prayers that pull upon the power of God actually get an answer. And I think a lot of Christians get themselves run aground and beached up on the sandbar of doubt and unbelief because they think about that. They think, well, you know, how come? What I'm sharing with you today is the reason why that happens and how you can keep it from happening. The reason it happens is because God is waiting for you and I to know by the Word and know by the Spirit that He's looking for our desire. When Jesus taught about faith that moves mountains, guess what He said? What things soever you desire. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. You see, God's potential energy is sitting, waiting, and ready to be turned into kinetic energy, releasing healing, releasing deliverance, releasing salvation. But it's waiting for the, to be energized by our desire. Can you say amen? 
And so Peter says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. What God is offering to do through his gifts in you is to produce and to release the kinetic energy of deliverance and of healing, of the manifestation of the gifts. He's offering to you and I to do that. Can you say amen? So here we go. I'd like you to think, if you will, of accomplishing all of God's purpose for your life as the process of an archer hitting the target with a bow and arrow. So as you think about where you are in your life right now, and let's say you had 40 more years to live, and think about you being able to fulfill everything that God wants you to do. Reach every person he's wanted you to reach. Perform every work that he's wanted you to perform. I want you to think about the actual doing of it and see yourself in the form of an archer using that bow drawing it back and hitting the target. So with that analogy, I want to say to you that the archer in my analogy isn't God. And the archer in the analogy isn't you. The archer in the analogy is you and God. The picture that God is trying to give us is the picture of the new creation. The new creation isn't entirely just man. The new creation isn't entirely just Giselle. And the new creation isn't entirely God. The new creation is Giselle and God synergistically living and working together. And when that synergy takes place, the energy that God has put in you, the potential he's sown in you, will begin to come out and manifest. And that's what the archer is. Let's talk for a moment about drawing the bow and loading the arrows. God's gift in you. You can think about it as his, his vision, the vision that God's put in your heart. What desires do you have to fulfill God's purpose in your life? What do you see yourself doing? Um, I'll share with you a simple example. Here in these streets of uh, Clearwater in Largo, many, many, many years ago, when I first got saved, long before I was a pastor, long before I was a, uh, associated with any uh, definable ministry, I used to walk, I was a teenager, walk everywhere I went or hitchhike, but I spent a lot of time walking around, and everywhere I went used to take time, because when you're walking, it takes time, yes. So at any rate, I used to walk in just the clip-clop. The cadence of my feet just seemed to produce a, a drumbeat in my mind as my thoughts and imagination would just churn out vision after vision of me preaching to crowds and people getting saved. I used to preach messages in my heart my mind. I don't know where they came from. They just, I'd make them up and they'd come up and, oh, I'd have... Just visions and imaginations of me raising the dead and healing the sick and casting devils out. It was on my mind constantly. I thought about it all the time. And I used to sit and um, just come up with messages. They would just formulate inside of me. That's what I spent my time thinking about. 
And so I asked the question, do you have a dream? Do you have a vision? Is there an imagination in you? Do you see yourself doing those things? Let me just say, if you don't, please get started. Read, I would say, read the Gospels and put yourself in them. Right there with Peter and the rest of them. Insert yourself. When I would read the Bible and I'd read the Gospels, I was Peter, I was Paul, I was Thomas, I was those guys. And so I would look at those things and insinuate myself into it. And that was the Holy Spirit planting vision, planting a dream. That was God speaking to me through the gift that he put in my life. Now, listen, you have no less of a gift in your life. It's there. If it's not talking to you, it may be because you're listening to so many other things that there's not room for you to hear or time. You may not be giving your attention to those things. When you have your devotional time in the morning or whenever you have it, when you spend your time reading the Word or reading a Christian book or devotional, I think too often we spend those times reading those things trying to get information so that we can kind of make things work, kind of like reading a manual if you get a new coffee maker and you read them or reading the manual. But instead, when you read your devotional or when you read the Word of God, open your imagination and put yourself in it and read it as somebody who is a steward of a purpose and of a gift that God's put into your life. And so the drawing of the bow really, and the loading of the arrows represents the fact that God has put potential and he has sent his word into your heart. He's, he has given you the ability with that, with that uh, word, with that bow, to draw it back with divine force and send his word with complete divine accuracy into targets that you could never hit without the bow. Now, here's what I want you to understand. God's word works in the mouth of people who use the gift of God in them to send that word at the targets that God puts in front of them. That's when you see people like Peter being able to say, such as I have give I unto thee. Peter could not do that without using the gift of God in his life. Are you listening to me? Using your bow, you can experience the accuracy and the velocity of sending the word of God into targets that you could not hit if you were just doing it in your own self, in your own, uh, you know, when you're in your own mind. So without the bow, without the gift of God, without stirring that gift up in your life, you're just tossing arrows at targets. You're just tossing the word of God at targets. But notice that what Peter said was, such as I have, give I unto you. The way the man got healed was Peter was focused in on, God has put a gift in me, and I am calling on that gift to give you what I have. And when Peter said, such as I have, the word have didn't refer to the healing that the man needed. 
it referred to the authority Peter had to give the healing. So if you are going to lay hands on somebody and want to see the power and anointing of God, don't wait until you feel the healing within yourself because you are not the healer. What God has given you is not healing. He's given you the authority to give that healing. You have the authority to give whatever God has directed you to give. And so the key in releasing that gift is to understand like Peter did. I'm speaking God's word through the authority that God has given me to exercise it. Can you say amen? amen. And of course the arrows are God's word. You know, I think sometimes Christians take the word of God and fling them out and then wonder why they don't work. Oh Lord, I just, uh, I just pray that you'll save everybody. And not only does everybody not get saved, but nobody gets saved as, as a result of that. The kind of targets that you and I need to hit in this life that really take down the forces of the enemy can only be hit through the velocity, the power, and the accuracy of the gift of God. Now, I could just kind of, with my mind on other things or my heart elsewhere, uh, stand up and say certain scriptural things or make proclamations, and it's like just throwing an arrow, and it just kind of hits it and bounces off of it. But if through the Spirit, if through the gift of God, if activating the power of God by having that desire and stirring that gift up, I take and begin to stretch the gift, stretch, pull back the bow. That's when the energy that's actually going to heal that guy begins to come into my hands, begins to come into my tongue, begins to come into my voice. And then I begin to take aim. And when God says, release it, release it. The other thing is you never see an archer just taking arrows and just shooting them. There's always a thing called aiming. And if anybody here has ever been involved in shooting, you know that aiming is not easy. Aiming takes precision. It's a matter of timing. It's waiting until that target crosses into the focal range of your sights. And the moment it gets into the focal range of your sight, that's when you release when God says to release in that target, yet that thing is on target. And the Bible says that if we would stir up the gift that is in us and <clears throat> allow it to energize within us, God would do exceedingly abundantly above all that we think or ask. There's the velocity. There's the accuracy. I can't be that accurate. If there's a cancer for instance, if there, was a, if there was a cancer in Glen, I don't have the accuracy to put a word into the heart of that cancer and slay it. And I don't have the velocity to put that word that deep into his spirit that when I speak it into his ears, it goes down through every layer and hits that cancer. But the gift in me can do that. And so when I begin to realize that God has put a gift in my life, I stir that gift up, I pull that bow back, and then I wait for the timing of God. And when God says now and says release, that's when that word will go in and slay that cancer. You see, 
the archer is God and me working together. But God's not going to do it on his own. And I can't do it without him. Can you say amen? That's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. Now, let me talk about taking the shot, when that release happens. Um, the shot, as I said, is not just shooting arrows. And I think sometimes we feel like, well, if I just fill my house with Bible verses, and if I just run around saying Bible verses, and you can fill your atmosphere of your house with, with Scripture verses and Bible songs, but taking the shot requires diligently dealing with the actual issues that are the targets that need to be dealt with. Your messed up marriage will stay messed up even though you're choking on the Bible verses that you're filling your house with. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I tend to be a little sarcastic when I say things, but you get the general idea of what I'm talking about. You can fill the atmosphere of your house, but those relationships aren't going to get a any better just because you're shooting arrows out into your house. It is literally the aiming and the timing and hitting that target. God will talk to you and tell you that's where the problem is. That's where you need to use the gift that I've given you and to speak that word. God is ready right now to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you think or ask. He's ready right now. You don't have to wait for tomorrow. He's ready now is the appointed time, the Bible says, of salvation. And I would say this, if you're, if you're thinking of being that archer, to see the kinetic energy, to see that energy and motion of God flowing out of your life, it's not using the bow and arrow as a recreational archer. That gift in your life is not for recreation. It's there for the life of a warrior. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Christians that, that are walking in their life through target-rich environments with their bow slack and at, at, at ready. When that bow is slack and at ready, there's no energy in it. It's just sitting there. And so you can have those gifts just hanging on your shoulder Walking, like I said, in a target-rich environment where all around you are the works of the enemy or opportunities waiting to be engaged. And you're expecting God to engage them. You want to see God do something. But God is wanting to see us do something. You see, God has already put everything that's needed to clear that environment and to bring the kingdom of God into that environment. But it takes you and I getting that bow and living the life of a warrior rather than just an occasional recreational shooter. One of my favorite scriptures taken out of the Old Testament in 2 Kings chapter 13 that really shows this analogy is at the very end of the prophet Elisha's life. The king of Israel comes to him and the Syrian king with his, with his superior army, has threatened to invade Israel. And eventually, Israel is overthrown by Syria. But at this critical moment, before Syria comes in and destroys Israel, the king goes to the prophet Elisha, and he says, Oh, man of God, 
And Elisha knows that he's there with concern that, that the kingdom is going to be swallowed up by the Syrians. And the scripture says that Elisha looks at the king and says this. Now to verse 18 and 19. And he said, take this bow and arrow, bow, bow and arrows. Take these arrows, he says to the king. And so the king, of he says, oh, well, let me back up and give you a look because I'm not going to read the whole thing. Uh, the, the prophet says, get a bow and get some arrows, and the king gets the bow and arrow. And he says, uh, put an arrow into the bow, and he puts an arrow into the bow, and he says, stretch it, aim it out that window. And so there's the king with the arrows stretched out the window. The prophet comes behind him, and he puts one hand on the bow over the king's hand, and the other hand over the king's right hand that's holding back the arrow. And once he puts his hands on the king's hands, he says, now shoot. And he shoots the arrow out the window. And the prophet then prophesies and says, that arrow is the arrow of your victory over the enemy. So he prophesies to the king. He says, that's what you've just done. You've just shot God's arrow against your enemy. He said, now, and this is where I'll pick up reading. The prophet says, take the arrows, and the king took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with those arrows. And the king struck the ground three times and stopped. Then the prophet was angry with him, and he said, you should have struck the ground five or six times more. Then you would have struck down Syria until you had made an end of Syria. But now... You will only strike Syria three times. And they struck Syria three times. Eventually, they were invaded and overthrown. And we have today the results, the, quote, 10 lost tribes of Israel. They never came back from that defeat. And yet the prophet of God said, I put into your hands the victory that you could have. And so the point that I want to make now is that the gift that God has put in our life, he wants us to use it on everything. And he wants us to never stop using it. Use that gift to overcome everything that is before you. Live as a warrior, not a recreational shooter. Because Satan's resistance against the energy of the gifts of God in your life cannot work or defeat you if you keep shooting. If every day you get up, you let the Lord show you what those targets that you need to hit are. The Bible says that God will work. And you might think, well, this effort is, is small. But the Lord says, if you'll do it, I will address other things in your life. I'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that you think or ask. Remember, Energy is a product of motion. If we don't move ourselves and take hold of the power of God to operate, to stir up that gift, then the friction that naturally arises against energy will slow anything down. All of you have seen the pendulum. First you get it going, but in the process of time, it slows. Why does it slow? Because friction is working and the motion stops. 
That energy's there, that gift still exists, but it's just hanging straight in your life and in my life. And so if you want to defeat friction, if you want to defeat the resistance of the enemy, hit every target, use the bow, use the gift of God with the gift of utterance, with the gift of the Holy Spirit, with the gift of the Word of God. Deal with everything that arises in your life. Wait on God. He'll show you how to aim. He'll show you where to shoot. But if you deal with everything with the bow and the arrow of God's Word, God will work through your life exceedingly abundantly above all that you can think or ask. And really, I couldn't make it any more simple than to say that God's answer for you is to just do that constantly. Stay in motion and the enemy will not be able to succeed against you. Amen? I want you to stand with me this morning. We're going to pray. And our prayer this morning is going to be that we will activate our own heart and our own will and stir it up 